1: Welcome to another edition of Supernatural Station. I'm your host, Roman Daniels, and joined with me is my brother, Jaron Daniels. What's up? And we have a special guest tonight. It's a return guest. It's our famous at this point, I feel like, or maybe infamous cousin, Sean Lawrence. How are you doing?
2: I'm doing good. Thank you guys for being here and uh, putting out your show. I've been listening to myself on my drives to and from the mountain lands about an hour away from here, and so it's been nice to... uh, to hear you guys
1: voices every day. Thank you very much and also uh this guy is mountain man. He's like uh he's a little ways away from us. He's like about an hour away like he said through the canyons, through the hills and valleys and he is in flannel right now. So there you go. There it's, you go. It's the start of something great. So what are we what are we talking about here tonight?
2: Yeah, it's um something I brought up. We've been uh discussing there's a uh, many plethora of options of supernatural things to talk about and I know that there's a lot of podcasters out there like your guys yourselves, and um, tonight is going to be an interesting one. It's going to be about
1: curses and cursed objects. Ooh, that sounds sweet. Like this, a solemn utterance intended to invoke a supernatural power to inflict harm or punishment on someone or something. I feel like Zach Bagans wants to hear this episode. (laughs) There's a curse on this doll. If you trust in it, you'll get haunted. I do have a word for Zach Bagans, though. If I he hope he's listening. listening to Zach
2: Bagans, if, you, if you're if you hearing this, um, I do want you to know that you are listening to the original Ghost Adventures. Oh, yeah. We started it way before you, bro. <laughs> and you know what's funny, Zach, is my my clothing apparel has been very similar to yours. And then when you came on
1: TV, I was like, that's me. That's us. That's, that's me. Us that's three. us. <laughs> yeah it's weird it is weird there was a parallel there we were literally ghost hunting when we were in middle school high school that kind of thing and their show came out right around that same like literally a year or two after we started ghost hunting like crazy the only difference between us and him is that we didn't do all that like really intense provoking you know and i'm not like i'm not downplaying that like that was cool i mean that was their choice and stuff and like that was cool they did some of that because i think they did get some results by doing that yeah um and i'm not i don't think there's any wrong or right way you know it's up to I guess the individual on how they want to do it, but, um uh, and it was entertaining and that wasn't like, like the, him so famous, you know, it was it's, like the good guy, good cop, bad cop routine. Yeah, we are the good of. cops. They were the bad cops. Yeah. It's, you know? it's a style of
2: trying to get more evidence and there's nothing wrong with it, but I personally yeah. would not do it. Um, I've, you know, it's for me, it's just, uh, I've had some weird things happen and, uh, I don't exactly know who or what I'm
1: talking to, so that's the that's the, the creepy part, right? Who are you talking to? What is it? What's they?
2: Anyway, Zach Bagans, we do appreciate you. Yes. I'm sure that the world does appreciate you, and you definitely are a rare gem to be able to have gone through what you've gone through and collect the things that you've collected and still be okay. And 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 if yeah. there's anything, I'm still you know I'm,
1: I'm going to be praying for you that you're safe. Yeah. And, I'll, and I'll say the same for all the, those guys that are out there doing that stuff. Like, you know, Nick Groff and um, Aaron, you know, I forget his last name, but all those guys that, you know, because Nick has done multiple things, too, going forward. And uh, now he's doing another, I think he's doing another, like, web show or something now that's ghost hunting and stuff. So yeah, And what's the crazy. one that we watch on YouTube that's really cool? Um, Haunted Side? Haunted Side. Yeah. If, if you guys are cool. looking for something that's pretty legit, like, sometimes they don't find anything, sometimes they do. But shout out to those guys. They work hard. You know, and they find some really cool rare gems in Nevada, because I think they're from Nevada. Yeah. But definitely watch it, you guys, because it's, it's fun. It's really fun to watch. Yeah. But yeah, let's get into this whole cursed items and curses, family curses, you know, anything that's related to curses, we're going to dive into it tonight, I think, so. So, Jaren, read the definition again, like, and where did you get,
2: go ahead and quote the definition, like, where did you get the source? Because it sounds a little, I'm not entirely sure, it sounds a little vague.
1: Yeah. So, it's kind of like the noun, right? It's the noun version of what curse means, but and it's a solemn utterance intended to invoke a supernatural power to inflict harm or punishment on someone or something. And then, example, she put a curse on him. So it's kind of a weird, you know, the evil eye. Like, it's just this weird hoodoo is a a good example, voodoo is a good example, hexes are a good example, like all that kind of stuff, right? So so is a curse kind of like a curse? Like, I feel like a jinx, a curse, and a hex are all kind of the same thing, right? It's like a different version of the same exact thing. But, like, a blessing is, like, the opposite version of that, right? Is that kind of what we're talking about? That's That's what what I would say. Yeah, something very comparable to that. You know what's
2: interesting about
1: the two, though, is that there's a source. Yeah. Like, it's,
2: like, there's an intended source in which this, whatever it is, curse or blessing has initiated from, right? Mm -hmm. So you'll hear a lot about, like, Italians, like, uh, in Vendetta's families cursing each other, right, Mm -hmm. for whatever reason. And you'll, you'll, it, it begs the question, like, does anybody have this power to curse, or is there a special lineage, Lineage, you know, to be able to invoke
1: a curse, or what, like, is there a prerequisite? I, I wonder if it, if there's enough, like, emotional backing towards, like, the curse or the blessing, right, like, enough emotional intention, like, I wonder if intention is, like, a huge part of it, you know, when you think of magic spells and stuff, intention is, like, the biggest part of doing a magic spell but it make that's what it reminds me of like i wonder if you need to have enough emotional stake and intention in it in, in order for it to like do something you know i wonder if like any, i kind of believe almost anybody can do it but it's like how powerful is it going to be and it will it actually hold i think what sean's saying too is like what what is the source like what he's saying is like yeah. uh what what is it that's actually allowing this to happen right? oh gotcha and yeah my question yeah. is like there's one that's close to home right one that's real close to home and we've talked about it recently it's the um at phenomenon episode that we did but the skinwalkers yeah skinwalkers is an intentional close to home here in utah mostly four corners you know but it's a witch that basically curses the same thing we're talking about um a land or a people and that's what they did is they cursed right navajos cursed the utes for giving up their land to the americans when they came through and did all their craziness the soldiers and stuff but it's like a legit curse right it's a legit witchcraft on the land which is and there was intention on that one because they had to kill a family if you want to be one of those evil witches i guess right or evil cursors they would have to, like, kill a family member in order to allow this to happen. I'm glad you brought that up, because I do think that, like, I don't, I think to, in order for something like this big to happen, and I, I get what Sean's saying with the whole, like, source thing, you know, I don't, I, I know this is going to kind of get into the religious side of things, but, like, I feel like you need to spill blood or something, like, you know, like, uh, it, it, especially if it's, I think curses come from the evil side, you know, and so in order for that power to be, like, given, it's like you have to do something terrible. Like like you're saying with the skinwalkers, like how they had to kill a family member, like a brother, sister, mother, father, whatever. Powers in the and blood. And that's like, you're you're giving, you're taking something that's so precious, you know, something that's so close to you, and it's so wrong. It's so wrong. So wrong. It's yeah. got to, I get, you know. The powers in the blood, like when you get yeah. drained of blood, your face and, and skin and everything gets pale and almost bluish gray, and when you have blood in you, are back to color. You look black back to normal, back to living, right? the powers in the blood is what Jesus said if we're going religious, right? It's like the, he spilled his blood for all of us kind of thing, right? And so blood is huge. Blood is, is everything. And so I think, I think that is what has to happen. It's like, you have to do that to do that. It's kind of creepy. So I think we need to uh, go from this point to uh, the cursed families, because we want to talk about cursed families, cursed people, you know, curses that involve family lineages. And so um, we had, somebody had a story or two right on on that. Yeah, but real quick, just, I don't know if any of you listeners have a family curse. It'd be cool to hear about it. Like literally, if you guys think there's something that's going on in your family, please send it to us, because I want to hear about it. I know there's a lot of weird stuff like that that nobody likes to talk about, but a good example is um, in our family, there's... I don't know, just weird things like, oh, you know how people say like, oh, you're prone to that because it's in our family. It's in our bloodlines. Like, I don't know. Like that's, those are, the, that's a small example. But um, if you have something, send it to us, Supernatural Station 5 at Gmail. We'd love to hear it. But yeah, go for it yes, with this story. For sure.
2: Yeah. So we're going to begin with one called the Grimaldi Curse. And this comes from listverse.com. This is one curse that every unhappy spouse can relate to. The sad string of unhappily ever afters for the current members of the Monaco's ruling family can be attributed to two of their ancestors being total creeps. The first, Francesco Grimaldi, was said to begin the family's eventual domination of the tiny city state after he and his forces captured the fortress from rival claimants. He dressed himself up as a monk and successfully tricked the guards into opening the gates of the fortress. Another ancestor, Prince Rainier I upped the ante in the jerk department when he abducted and raped a beautiful maiden. Holy crap. Yeah, right? So this there's always... Out. So as a pause right here, There's always seems to be some traumatic event. Yeah.
1: Right, so that is one... Or too. blood spilled. Like I said, like something bad has to happen for it to like be manifesting, you know?
3: Yeah.
2: So there's a traumatic... There's something like traumatic, the catalyst. right? Like catalyst, yeah. So
1: kind of like hauntings almost in
2: a way. There's something yeah. traumatic. Mm-hmm. Anyway, the article continues. As revenge, the maiden became a witch and proclaimed, never will a Grimaldi find true happiness in marriage. I don't know. I guess you can just, like, change clothes and become a witch? or Is there, like, like a ritual you have to go through, you know, write a passage? I don't know. Those girls know how to
1: do that. uh, Well, Halloween costume, I guess, right? You throw it on, you're a witch for for that one day a year. Yeah, I don't know. uh, Being a witch is, like, I think, I don't know. I don't even know what I believe anymore as far as, like, good and bad witches and all that. All, to our all witch fans, like, I know we have witch friends and stuff, witch listeners and everything, and so I'm not trying to offend you or anything if you listen, but, like, it's kind of like a... seems kind of like a weird religion thing. Like, you can be... They always say you could be good or bad, but I'm not so sure about that personally. I think but you can to the line all the time and you yeah, have to be a little careful. That's, that's what, what I think. But, yeah, like, I feel like if you're trying... It's, like, almost like you're playing with God. You're trying to do things that, like, we maybe shouldn't be able to do. Yep. But...
2: So back to the article, it's about, you know, obviously the curse here is that this family can never find happiness in marriage right like no matter how many times either a person is married or the family it just never works out and and that seems very relatable I'm sure there's a lot of people that probably relate to this and and if you are one of those people you know maybe uh maybe there is something in your family line that that may have sparked
1: some of this it's, yeah. So what happened? I don't know if is that the end of that part of the story. Um, yeah, there's a break here. So. Okay. so really quick, this is just a quick tie in. But I was with somebody in the past, uh, previous marriage, and she had her family was from Mexico. And her grandma from Spain originally came to Mexico uh, with her mom. So it was her grandma, right? And her great grandma that were living in this small town. And her grandma and her great grandma were, I think her grandma was only like 15 or 16 or something like that. But there was this other girl that didn't like her in the town, and they were just kind of enemies. And it was a smaller town, so it was just like a, a place where everybody knew everybody, right? And this—I don't know exactly the city of Mexico that this happened. This would have been pretty early, like 1910s, 1915-ish range. And so she didn't like the my ex's great grandma, or and the grandma, and so she cursed them. And she said, and she was a she was a self-proclaimed bruja, which is basically a witch in Spanish. Yeah, Spanish word for witch. And so she she basically proclaimed uh, a curse on the family and said, I don't like your guys' attractiveness because they have like red hair and green eyes The because the, they're from Spain originally oh, wow. on that yeah. side. And so she's like, I don't like your attractiveness. Um, you're never going to... You keep dating all the guys I like basically without saying it. And so I don't want you to ever have a relationship again. All the women in your family line are never going to be able to keep a relationship. They're never going to be able to have babies, blah, blah, blah. And it was this big curse, right? And so for the first little while, it didn't seem sort of truish, but... My relationship with my ex, she was down that same line, and she we struggled to have kids at the time for a long time. We couldn't even have them. And then we couldn't keep our relationship together. And same with her sisters like all of her sisters kind of keep relationships together. And so there's like some truth to it. It's kind of weird. And her mom had relationship issues. Like, so I, I don't know, maybe there's some truth to it. Um, it definitely seemed different than most people's relationships for sure. I feel like I'm going to start hearing that little beetle sound from, uh, what's it called? Practical Magic. You Mm -hmm. know, like that whole curse. Same thing. It's like you'll never love anybody ever again. It's that same kind of curse, you know? And the the one person that did find love and has babies and seems very plentiful is the only one that's serving God Mm -hmm. and like going to church. um, Becky, Rebecca. Mm -hmm. And so isn't that weird? She has like four kids now. Yeah, wow. And everything looks abundant. Their relationship's great. So it's a weird, weird to think about for sure.
2: Yeah. But wow. Yeah, That's it's, something close to home. Something weird, something close to home. Um, you know, all, all I can do is I, I know this person, you know, it's, we don't mean any disrespect. No. You yeah. know, because we're just talking about something that none of us really understands. And it doesn't mean it's true, you know, and I know this person does follow the Lord in, in a way. So whether or not God allows things to be, you know, in my opinion, God allows things to, to, to be manifest or not is beyond us and you know we we need to kind of surrender that sometimes but i'd like to finish the article because a lot of this i'm sure a lot of listeners out there probably could relate to this story and 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 it, like i said if, if you are one of those and you start seeing these oddities you know it might be worth looking into your family history a little bit for sure, sure. maybe that'll be a driving factor to kind of see where your ancestry line
1: is or i'm not a big ancestry dna person but it might, it might get you going. On. Just, just before you go into that, just because this is like so pop culture right now, I just had to throw this in there. I don't know <laughs> if you guys heard about this, but uh, Bette Midler, right? Actress that was in Hocus Pocus. She recently like was doing some kind of pair up with uh, Genealogy.com or one of those genealogy study 23andMe um, maybe or something. One of those ones, yeah. yeah. And it was like this sort of team up. It wasn't, to, like, wasn't for any other reason except for just to kind of have a celebrity name to it or something. She's doing this work with them, and she opted to have her DNA tested. And they found out that one of her great-great-grandmothers or something, a great ancestor on her, what is it, mother's side or something, was actually a witch that died in Salem. Um, oh, or, yeah, that was actually, like, wow. and I'm like, dude, can you imagine going for full circle, right, having, like, an actual witch that died in Salem, one of the first ones, or was he one of the last or one of the first that died during the trials? And, and finding now that out, she had no idea. And she came out and said, I had no idea that I was related to this person Now she's playing Winifred, like and one of the most Winifred, famous witches I just thought pop culture. Just, it's so pop culture, because that's such a new... I just read this article like uh, two weeks ago. So.
2: You know what's funny about that is uh, I was in Boston.
1: Yeah, I remember. Yeah, and I, cool. I went to
2: Salem. And I actually... They have the actual trees and the lot that you can stand in and go to. It's a memorial of a lot of the hangings that took place. And... Seeing it on the pictures doesn't really do it justice when you're there. Because when you're there in, in, in person, there is an ominous sense. Like, you don't have to even know anything about the area you're standing in. and You can just tell that something tragic has yeah. taken place. It has, like an, it yeah, just has a, a, yeah, like, an energy. Yeah, uh, there's, like, a foreboding aura or something about it. And you're just, like, you get overwhelmed with confusion and fear and just all these things. And then when you walk out maybe a block or two away changes it just changes yeah oh wow so mm. and and I, and I can vividly remember the courtyard that wow. had all these names listed for the witches that were hung and it's just eerie and ominous and confusing yeah. so anyway back to the story yeah um it continues the curse has rung true since prince Raynor the third's wife the american actress grace kelly died oh, wow. in a car accident their three children soon became embroiled in their own scandals and misfortunes the eldest daughter Princess Caroline, divorced her first husband, was widowed by her second husband, and there are allegations that her third marriage— Wow, imagine third marriage. I know some people with up to the third or fourth marriage, and it's still not working out. Allegations that her third marriage is on the rocks as well. At the same time, her younger sister, Princess Stephanie, went through a pot purer of men that included her bodyguard, an elephant trainer, and a circus acrobat, leading to three children born out of wedlock. Oh, wow. Yeah. Their brother, Prince Albert II, has so far dodged the proverbial bullet that's a hard word. Yeah. And is still married to former Olympic swimmer, Charlene Whitsock, although their union has had its fair share of controversies from the prince's playboy past to Whitstock's nearly calling
1: off the wedding. And that's wow. where the article ends. Yeah. Definitely sounds like some crazy intermingled just craziness. Mm-hmm. Well, that that brings me to the Kennedys though too, a little bit, you know. Just mm-hmm. thinking of like families that are cursed we're you know uh we were sort of talking off air a little bit but yeah the kennedys definitely seem to be cursed with all their problems and you know uh, even some other big high profile ones like the judds kind of seem that way there's other ones too but yeah the kennedys for sure a lot of death like around their tragic quick death and a lot of that could just be political like there could be political killings going on and i kind of believe that it's deep state trying to take them out and stuff and yeah if you're yeah, wondering about the kennedy thing and just a quick thing you know 94 is when it started it said joseph kennedy's jr's death during world war ii and has continued all the way up until present day john f- president john f kennedy and his brother robert were assassinated right so I've, everybody knows that part of it but it said david kennedy died a little closer a little after that of a serious over- drug overdose jfk jr died in a plane crash and mary kennedy committed suicide The worst part, that's not even the entire timeline. So there's like a lot more to it. Yeah. But it's just like a a family shrouded in trauma. Yeah. Being in the spotlight, it's crazy. You know, what's funny about this too, is we were talking off
2: air. When you you mentioned off air, uh, Roman, we were talking about the 27 Club. Yeah. And I know Mm. that there's a lot of, uh, you know, Satanism and things in Hollywood that are questionable. Definitely demonic, supernatural, um, if you were to take a step back and kind of look at, the history of what they're doing and but it's just interesting because is there a correlation between curse and demonic superpowers in a way
1: you know because it's like oh yeah i think it definitely ties in because it's kind of like it's the same exact thing again it's sort of like this blood sacrifice it's like you you make an exchange for something right and a lot of times that exchange comes with nothing but heartache and and trauma and bad things you know like it's different than prayer right you like you you ask for god's help like there's nothing you're not getting anything negative in return. You're just like going there humbly and asking for help or whatever you do it on the devil's side. And like, it comes with a lot of uh, problems and baggage and like just stuff that's just going to keep hammering at you, you know? And that's what it seems like with this stuff. It's like all of a sudden, Robert Johnson, right? He like, wasn't a very good, wasn't a great uh, blues player. And all of a sudden, like a year later, he disappears. No one knows where he went, and then he comes back a year later, and he's the best blues player of all time. And he, and he had a five-string guitar, now he has a string six-string guitar, which and is crazy. And people like Eric Clapton listen to his music. Who's, Eric Clapton's like the legend guitarist, right? The guy that's yeah. one of the best of all time. And he listens to the, the, those songs and he's like, I don't know how he did this, because it sounds like there's two different guitar players at the same time, which there was. And it really does. Like I have some of his old recordings. It really does sound like there's kind of two sounds in one. The 27 Club is a group of people, which I don't know if you guys know this either, but it's a group, group of a lot of the time famous people that have died at 27. And so there's like Kurt Cobain, there's Robert Johnson was the start of it. There's Jimi Hendrix, there's Amy Winehouse, there's all these different Janice people, Janice right? Janis Joplin. Janis yeah. Joplin, yeah, exactly. So it's weird, um, and there's a little bit of truth to this, too. Like, I think what you guys are saying is, like, when you're doing it the right way, you can tell where it's coming from. It makes a lot of sense. There's no weird hidden agendas. But when you're doing it the, in a weird way, it's secrecy. It's weird. It's yeah. where is it coming from? What's happening? What's going to happen? There's a lot of undeniable question marks, right? Right. It's funny sometimes. There's people even in the world right now like that will do something for you and they expect for something in return. You know, like you know how that is? And then there's Good other people club. that will just do something for you, just to do something just and to like do it. You know that's that definitely the better route, but there I don't know the devil's that side where it's like okay I'll do something for you somehow, but then like you're gonna have to pay me back tenfold or something. And it's Another, like the interest is like fifty times great. Exactly, and there's a <laughs> it's bad. There's a true story to that too, really quick. That I don't want to give out names or anything on this one either, but there's some true story a true story to that side of the Twenty Seven Club thing that's kind of strange. Somebody that I know uh, was dating somebody and they were trying to become famous and they were like you know becoming a famous rapper basically. And they were actually making it pretty well. They were, they were getting to know a lot of people and they're in New York where it's like really mattered, right? And everything was going super well. But then they hit a wall and things were kind of falling off. Things weren't working out as well as they wanted it to. And so they all got in this room together and somebody in that group was a Satan worshiper. Somebody was like really involved in that stuff. And they said it was, I think it was the producer that makes the, the beats and stuff. So he said, Let's let's worship Satan together. Let's do this ritual together. Oh. Blah blah blah. And accept him in your life, kind of thing. So they all did. And he this person I don't know well, but I know the person that they were tied to did this and he did it reluctantly. And he was a little bit weird at first with it. But then the ritual ended with a being showing up oh, that wow. looked like a Baphomet type vibe with mm-hmm. a deep voice. Said that I'm gonna give you guys ten thousand everyone in this room that worshiped me and gave you gave me your soul. I'll give you ten, $10,000 cash and you guys will have to call to me whenever I beckon, basically, but you'll be famous. What you guys want is going to happen. So he, they woke up the next day and both of them underneath their freaking beds had a stack cash. of cash. It was oh. exactly 10 grand. And ever since that happened, this guy, I don't know him too well, but I know the person that talks about it. She, she was telling me that when he, she talked to him later, his, he was a different person. Mm-hmm. Like all of a sudden he wasn't the same person anymore. Like his soul really was gone. And he was depressed, and he was, like, oh. his voice was different and just super weird. And he was worried all the time, like, something bad was going to come from this. And, like, it was just, well, that's like, the you thing. scared. I don't, I don't think, like, I think they know something bad will come of it. Like, I think a lot of them know that somehow. Maybe they've been told, like, in person from this Batman creature or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, like, I just, I don't know. I wonder if, like, because there's no time clock. Like, I, I think they... They can't know what the countdown is, right? It could be any day. Yep. But like this, the stupid thing about that is, like, that's what our life is anyway. None of us know what our time clock is, you know? Yeah. Why do you have to give your soul away for ten thousand? Is nothing. nothing. Ten thousand is absolute. Right. It's not even a car today. Like, no, come on. Far no. From it.
2: <laughs> you know. But, um, it's like what? Yeah. So it's almost like not not to tie it in a little bit, but you almost got to wonder, like, Hollywood within itself is a curse. Mm-hmm. And yeah. And I happen to know an old time friend, not really a friend anymore for a long time whom, um, you know, was a very, you know, got into, you know, acting, acting classes and, uh, you know, kind of elevated into the B, you know, Bollywood or B movie stuff going on. And, you know, and, and as I, as I look from afar, I start looking at like the similarities of what kind of fruit comes from that kind of a life. Right. Yep. And I notice a similar trend and that's anti-God. Yeah. If those of you who have followed, I'm I'm a wholehearted Christian. Uh, I teach Bible studies. uh, I I listen to theology uh, seminars, things like that. I'm I'm very much into the Word of God, and uh, I didn't used to be. But um, it's just funny because if you were to step back and say, the people who are famous, rich, for the most part, not everybody, but in Hollywood, the people who have a catalyst to shape the world through media all typically have a lot of the same fruit. And the ones that don't are either ostracized or they're not yeah. in Hollywood yeah. for very long. Oh, so, yeah,
1: true. Absolutely. It's like there's a there's a contract that we don't know about, right? And it's a weird situation. So, yeah, strange stuff. And this, I, we're, we're getting into some tangents, but I love it because it, all uh, of this is tying together. That's you know? what we do. For those who haven't listened to us, I think we said it on our last podcast, but we're one of those podcasts that just... We go where the flow goes, you know, and like, yeah, we might call this show Curses and Cursed Objects or whatever, but we're going to go a bunch of different places. We're going to go to 27 Club. We're going to go all over, all All over the place, uh, right? And who knows where we're going to go. It's all about, I guess, where our mind, uh, wants to go and and where research takes us and all that stuff. So that's, but we hope that you guys, uh, enjoy it and like, maybe it'll just get your mind going. And that's kind of always our goal, you know, is just for you to maybe learn something. And, and we hope that our listeners will, um, share with us some of the topics they want us to cover because again like we'll cover that topic and then we'll go all over the place and maybe go in, into a place that we never thought we'd go you know it's a journey for us as much as it is, as it is for you guys so we're going to take a quick break yep. and we'll be back and uh, we may have one more family line and then we'll move on into some uh, cursed objects yeah i'm i'm excited to tell you guys about these cursed objects because this is crazy like i don't know me too it's it's a weird thing right it's just a piece of something that somebody created it's not like it's a living thing but yeah get excited here we go do have one here it's the uh the anguished man painting have you guys seen this one i have a i have it in my mind because it's a little bit creepy i hate the actual picture. i literally hate looking at it like it's disgusting look check this out
2: uh ew what? <laughs> who wrote who what
1: yeah that's like a rake it just Gross. it just yeah, looks like like a rake like, like torment I, it's weird because you can kind of see like an i'll we'll point this uh we're gonna put this picture up on our instagram and and on our page notes and stuff but you can almost see like a nose, which I never noticed before. It's like a white nose, like yeah. it's painted really softly there. But um, the anguished man painting—it's uh, fascinated. So here's the story behind it. But fascinated by the charm of the anguished man painting, Sean Robert Robinson inherited the painting from his grandmother and decided to hang the painting on the wall of his house. Soon after that, Sean and his family started experiencing paranormal events like cracking of doors in the middle of the night and sudden blood curdling screams from nowhere. Sean's wife decided to investigate the origin of the painting and found that the artist who painted the painting committed suicide and before doing that, he mixed his own blood with the paint that he used in making the painting. Learning this, the couple decided to hide the painting in the basement of their house in Cumbria. See there it is again. There's something then it of surfaced. You know, Why not like yeah, get again, rid of it. it? When you find out something like that, I just burn the painting or something. Is it really you, worth something? To like do what that?
2: kind of a person? That's what I was like. What makes you good? Like you know, I'm gonna slash my wrist and mix it with this paint. Like so, is it is it something to be immortalized? Perhaps maybe, I don't know. Maybe
1: yeah. I think I, I do think that. I think there's like life in the blood, and so like. Yeah. It just like lives on somehow in a and weird he, way. A part of him is stuck in there. You yeah. Know? And I just I he's... just keep looking at this painting and I just hate it. It's just it's anqu it's it is anguish. It's like, you know, yeah. the guy was going through some trauma. He was going through some problems. If that's the true story. Well he committed suicide, know? right? And yeah. obviously like it's got like reds and oranges and yellows in there, so it's a little creepy looking and Ugh. it's that open mouth scream. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I think that's definitely cursed. I would say, but again, I don't know because who has the painting now? Do we know anything about where it is now? No, anything? it doesn't. It doesn't really say. So if anybody knows, you know, send us a message and uh, you know, let us know. I all I know is that if I go to a estate sale or some kind of like yard sale and I see this damn thing, I'm gonna <laughs> don't do it. I'm just no. gonna I'm gonna tell them to put it in the fire. Not even
2: a copy of it, right?
1: Right. No way. Yeah. Well, I got one for you guys too, very comparable almost. It's another cursed object. It's a skull, by the way. Just a skull, believe this or not. It's the Burton Agnes Hall. It's the screaming skull of Burton Agnes. So it's in Burton Agnes Hall in Burton Agnes, England. And it's home to a creepy paranormal object called the screaming skull. The screaming skull is believed to be of Catherine Anne Griffith, who died in the same house after being attacked by bullies in 1620. Every night, a, terry, a terrifying ghost is seen ro- roaming around the skull, making tremendous noise and scaring out everyone who tried to remove the skull. That reminds me so much of the Hammer Films movie with um, who was it again? Which actor? Peter Cushing. Yeah, Peter. Yeah, Peter Cushing. That was a good one. He's like this buyer who buys like all these um, you know, weird artifacts. They're almost like black market style artifacts, and he meets with this guy that's like got the in that hey, you know, I've got this new item, it's the skull, and, you know, at the, and that's how the movie starts and how it kind of plays out. But that totally reminds me of that, because as soon as he starts getting the skull in the movie, like, all these bad things start happening, you know, that around him and his family and stuff like that. Yeah, I bet you yeah, there's truth to that. Yeah. Yeah, Did they connected. say it was a, is it a real school? So, it was just a, her name was Catherine Ann Griffith. And Catherine she, Ann. I, and I she died from Catherine. the same house after being atap- attacked by bullies in 1620. So... I don't know. I mean, there's trauma again, right? It's like a, it's a violent attack. And what did they kill her? It doesn't really say it says attacked by bullies, but it says every night a terrifying ghost is seen roaming around the skull, making tremendous noise and scaring out everyone who's trying to remove the skull. So it's like standing ground, right? This is what I think of with that. She's standing ground. She's not allowing these bullies to take over where she's at and even still in death. Like she's still there. I don't know the, the entity, the, yeah, the mark is still there. And I don't know if that's still the person or if it's, like, something else. Like, it's an energy, whatever. But I think that's... Weird. Well, yeah, I guess I guess uh, that's one of the questions I was going to bring up to you guys is, like, what are, what are your... Before we get into more stories, but what are your thoughts on, like, cursed items? Like, are they actually cursed? Like, what's the cause of these situations that are coming from these cursed items? Is, right. Do you, yeah, I guess I'll, I'll ask Sean. No, no, it's... You not, go first, Sean. No,
2: I, I mean, I'm... The thing is with... It, it just makes you wonder because, like a source that causes intellect doesn't come from non-intellect. So yeah, does that make sense? So if if Mm -hmm. something like, for example, you know, this, uh, I inherited this object and strange things started happening in my house, you know, that's pretty typical, right? Pretty common. But you know, the, the, the fact that the source, like, you you'll, you'll hear people say like, I've, I've seen this figure, I've seen this person or entity or whatever. You, you can't help but think, like, the curse in and of itself without any source, like, intellectual source doesn't right. make any sense.
1: Right. You know? and, and it's and no I'm different
2: glad... than, like, a, the cosmos of just coincidence.
1: Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up, too, because, like, um, even along the lines of, like, Annabelle, right, the the famous cursed doll, uh, which was one of the ones that came up on multiple lists as we were doing research and stuff. But, like, when you watch the actual movie, right, the Hollywoodized-style version of that movie – um at the end like i keep thinking of that moment where like the there's like this the doll is flying at somebody and like right behind it is this dark entity like carrying it like and so like pretty much just trying to tell you this entity was the one controlling doing it doing all the controlling yeah. you know the whole time it reminds me right? of dead silence yeah I do, I hate that.
2: I, I, i'm almost i'm almost positive Jamie!
1: That. yeah yeah i'm almost positive that that was probably like a. A forerunner. That's in that my to top three scariest, screwed me up growing up movies. She had no children, only dolls. Mary Ugh. Shaw. Mary yeah, Shaw. But it's messed up because there was one scene. If you've ever seen that, it, I don't want to give any spoilers. But the real like, girl with
2: the real, the real ghostly like person behind the, the doll, yeah, that's the doll creepy. Was actually
1: just an an invisible entity controlling the doll. That's exactly. What it wasn't Hannibal. like
2: an, a separate thing. So although. that's
1: it's funny because the way that you went with that whole, that whole thing about like the intellect behind it and stuff um that's kind of the reason i brought that question up is because that's what i believe is that like there's no in my mind there's no such thing as like a cursed item i think that like i believe that they're cursed obviously but i think that they're the reason why they're cursed is there's some intellect behind it some kind of entity that's fueling it right. i think know, it's very similar to a haunted house yeah there's not really like haunted houses it's not like oh this is haunted just because it's haunted no i think it's a haunted house because trauma invoked and trauma opened up a door to allow an evil presence because the Trauma was uh, separated from good and light, so when that bad thing happened, it opened up this area to allow something that's dark and on the opposite of light to be a part of it, right? And now they're just there. It's like they're just there. It's not like they're trying to stay there. It's like they're just there. So now they're just going to wreak havoc in this section of the freedom they have for just that moment of being in a dark. Because darkness can't stay there normally but because there's something that happened It's almost there. like, really quick, it's almost like it reminds me of, and I'm going to pull in another uh, comic book reference, because we always do this, you know, we're big oh, yeah. DC fans and stuff, and so Justice League, right, Zack Snyder's Justice League, that call, right, the, when Superman gets killed and there's a... Oh. Oh, 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 yeah. and it keeps going right very right beginning of ripples, of the movie yeah and it ripples, ripples and, and the whole and world. that world. that's like the beacon that like makes dark side realize what happened right now the bellian no right and stuff been around. and like that's kind of what i think happens like you brought that up and that's exactly what it is it's like the demons the trauma right like they come makes and the festered. demons they they hear it somehow it's like they notice it like it's like it's this weird little alarm clock for them like that wakes them up and like so oh, i don't know if it's go. like oh it's this <clears> it's not the same thing that have the trauma all the time it's like a copycat or a yeah. you know, evil entity trying to allow people to, to to what do you call it like bring people entice people into it right to to involve themselves into it yeah. so that they can feed off of them too it's kind of like a energy vampire but an energy <laughs> <laughs> if you guys ever seen what we do in the chat it's funny <laughs> but yeah it's like that kind of vibe right the evil is very let's feed off of you and then try to survive still even though they shouldn't be there right. and i think that's not that's not natural
2: yeah, it's it's just really weird because if you think about it, like this is a from a scientific point, like this is nothing but an object, and so you can you can understand where skeptics would come in and be like, you know, there, it's just folklore, it's just this, that, and the other, and coincidence. But you know, to 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 give them some credit, like you're right, it is just an object. Yeah, you know, so what is is it a you know? You always ask like, what's the history? What's the story? Anytime there's a haunting for example, of a house, like this house is haunted. I moved in and this, this, you know, all these things are happening and I've been there. So right, right. shout out to those who are probably struggling with it right now and, you know, unable to move. And I, I get it. I've been there, but you got to wonder like this, this is a material house. So
1: what either, what about it is feeding it? Or what or... about the family living there is causing it? Right. Or what right. about because any of can it? you can move and it will yeah. come with you. So right. or even the neighbors. Saying. sometimes it's neighbors too, you know, it could be anything. Yeah. yeah.
2: Uh, that's another thing. I lived in a town home with uh, a lady who would do, um, she was into witchcraft stuff and, and summon their summonings. And I don't know what they do to be honest with you, but in a town home, you share the house, you know, you share the overall structure and it's just kind of segregated by walls. And it was the weirdest thing because I remember, and it wasn't that long ago, to be honest, it was probably less than three or four years ago before I moved up to the mountains and became Hebrew Sean. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, so when we were in this townhouse and it's like, I, I have three, I had three cats, right. And cats are interesting because not not to get off too, topic too much but th- you know i'm I, i've had every animal in my house uh, at one point or another in my life but the reason i like cats and maybe this is something with the egyptians as well but cats have a tendency more so to be uh what do you say like sensitive to they notice the unusual they the, notice the supernatural yeah, stuff you. yeah yeah, yeah. They, they can tell like when there's a spiritual entity around and if you are in tune with your cats and you know their behavior And they start looking up in the corner of a wall and just acting really strange, um, and almost chasing something that you can't see. It's not there like, but they definitely see something. And you can tell this is really weird behavior in the town home. Back to the town home is this lady that was our neighbor and she was very nice person, but I can always tell when she was doing summoning of witchcraft in her home, not because I could hear it, smell it or anything, but because every time that happened, my cats would go crazy as if she was bringing in from a portal a spiritual portal and inviting things in. But again, back to the curse of the house with this is like, I don't know how much something is actually attaching to an object so much as, you know, is there a possibility it follows the actual person? I don't know.
1: Yeah. Like there's so much to these things. Like we don't really know what's causing something to be supposedly cursed, but it seems like it's happening, right? Like there's all these different witnesses, all these different people are like, yeah, as soon as I have this object, I'm suffering problems. Like I'm having issues, right? Yeah. Robert the Doll is a good example, right? He's one of my favorite. He's one of my. I shouldn't say favorite. It's weird that I feel like I'm attached to him somehow, like in a good way. Like it's not true. I just. I. I'm. I'm somehow like drawn to Robert the Doll for some weird reason. I just like his story. Well, it's, it's very unique because it's a doll that has been passed around, and he looks like a burn victim again. Yeah. Really weird, hospitalized style, World War One type look with his outfit. Yeah. And he's got, like, no nose. He's got really creepy He wears eyes. this, like, little sailor outfit and yeah, stuff. Yeah, like, a little sailor outfit, yeah. But, like, the nurse or sailor. The short, short story of him is that, uh, so it says, Robert Otto was gifted as a lookalike doll by one of his servants who apparently hated the family. Neighbors of Robert used to hear him having a conversation with the doll. After his death, a couple bought the house, and their eight-year-old daughter found the doll in the attic. The little girl often claimed that the doll was trying to kill her. The doll is now on display in museum in, a, in Key West and is believed to curse people. I think this article is old because he used to be in Key West and there's more to this story. So basically this doll was created as a companion for a sick kid and they didn't really go into this. But the kid was actually sick and it was made in his likeness. It was kind of made for him to like have a companion because he couldn't be around other kids. Because he had this like illness that was uh, I guess spreadable or whatever. Ever. Was it TB? It might have been, yeah. yeah. It might have been. And this was back in like the old days, right? Like early 1900s or whatever. This is just from my memory, so I'm just trying to spitball what I remember. But um, he was made in his likeness, and the kid was a big fan of, like, sailors, and I think his dad was a military guy, and so I think he was in the Navy, so all that kind of stuff. And this kid totally bonded immediately to Robert the doll. And they would they would do everything together, right? This kid would have him sit at the uh, dinner table, be in his room with him. He'd be talking to Robert the doll. The parents would hear it and be like, oh, it's just normal. He's trying to relate and have a friend and stuff. Eventually, like there was one time where the family went on a trip and the neighbors were watching the house. And I, I guess it's just a story from the neighbors. They're, they would hear, see hear stuff going on in the house, even though they knew that the people were gone. And they would look through the windows, and they would see a short person running around, like a silhouette of a short person running around and, like, leaning outside the window, running around, jumping around, like a little kid, you know, inside the house. And they knew there was nobody in their house, you know? And so that was super creepy. And they told the family, and the family thought nothing of it. Well, anyway, all this stuff happened, like, this whole, you know, situation. But, like, in the future, so the reason I brought up this whole thing with Key West is um, he was in a museum for a while. He was stored there. And there was actually, like, this massive hurricane, because Key West is not unique to hurricanes, right? They have them almost every year. This hurricane happened, and it ripped the crap out of this museum, and everything in the museum was thrown all over the place, the, uh, including Robert's enclosure. But Robert was found way up in the rafters, um, like, like in, a, safe? in a place safe, in a place where everything else was destroyed, and he was like overlooking in a way where like he was looking at his um display area in a way that looked like he was like watching it and like hiding out like trying to keep himself safe you know a human yeah human human. and then like even people like we brought up uh bush president bush you know w he went and visited robert the doll who i think is actually in like idaho now I, i could be wrong but he's in a different state now his display is in a different area but like people will the problem with him is like people if they take a picture of him and they don't ask permission. Oh, then they I've get heard about this, They yeah, get all these okay. problems happening, right? And there's this one lady that had car accident after car accident yeah, and family members right. died. Because she took a picture without asking permission, Didn't right? she come and, like, say, I'm sorry? So she came back, she said, I'm sorry. Or they write, like, a letter and they mail it to him. And there's all these letters in his display case now that ask for permission, including the reason I brought W. Bush up is because there's a letter from him. That asked for permission to, you know, get a sort photo of with him. Yeah, and you stuff. know what's funny so, about
2: that is like, how how do you, how would you get an answer? Like, is there a no? I don't know. Yeah, like, exactly. Have you ever thought about that? I don't think like, there's a no. That. I know that there's like, you know, a tradition. I think just if you don't
1: say anything, then that that's there's when there's tradition
2: problems. and causality, and then there's you know, like the effect of some causality. But at the same mm-hmm. time, it's like, how do you know if if your permission was denied? And you went
1: ahead and took it. It's the whole, what are we dealing with here, right? It's like, what is this? Where did this doll come from? That's the first question. Like, why is it it supernatural now? So first and foremost, who created it? Because it was created in the likeness of this kid that had tuberculosis, but he hung out with it. But yet, it's like, was it like a voodoo thing? Was it to try to like have malice towards the kid and the family? Or was it to try to help him out? Because I think it was created in evil in a way. That's why it has this weird tendency where it's like controlling around whoever owns it. And you have to like ask permission. I'm not ask. why would anybody ask permission to a, an inanimate object to do anything, right? Right. So I think there's something well, weird. Well, like, yeah, maybe. I think you think about like, I, I wonder about the parents because I think the parents were kind of wealthy, right? Of this child that was mm-hmm. sick and everything and i just wonder about like what did they did they go to this maker and say i want you to make this doll to look so much like our son or like what did they tell him like yeah. i want it to be like his right. his friend his companion like and then you wonder like who is this person making the doll like we they... almost
2: have to know that there's there's got to be something more behind the scenes that probably hasn't been told like right. you know was this person who made the doll did, did, did was there an agreement saying i know my kid is like this is hypothetical there's no and if you, if you happen to know it, then and maybe shout out, yeah, but this is my hypothetical You know, conclusion is, did they go to this person and say, look, we know our son is dying. We yeah. know he's got this illness. We want to figure out a way for his spirit or some of the like to continue on okay. by moving it to this inanimate I nonsense. can see that. That's yeah. creepy and as heck, but you know, could of happen. course that's not, I'm not, I'm not saying that is, but I'm just saying like my mind would go to something like that and then keep it hush hush you know, because right. like we buy stuff for our kids all the time, yeah. you know, and, and, and our kids grow attached to things. But if, if you know, you know, Lord forbid that something happens to our kids and, you know, there's it doesn't mean that we get these kinds of reactions with the, the toys that are left behind. So there's something missing. There's there's yeah. something there's a piece Extra. of the puzzle missing that.
1: Well, and it also could it, this also could relate to like tulpas and, and thought forms. Right. Mm-hmm. We talk about this sometimes on our show. But, like, the idea of, like, when you believe something enough, like, it becomes so a reality, becomes right? reality yeah. and stuff. And, like, when you think of this kid who, like, to me, it sounds like he was, like, believing this was his friend. Like, in such a way, because of the way that the stories come across, where he was talking to him all the time, like, you know, including him in everything and stuff. Like, could that create a life form of some, you know, and now it's a life of its own. Like, it's this living thing in a weird way, you know. Like, and it's weird because, like, uh, we talked about Zach Bagans earlier, but on his show, he, he actually... He's kind of a perfect tie-in on this show because he has a whole museum of cursed objects, and he buys them all the time. Yeah, he, it. like, literally seek, seeks these out. Astronomer And buys some the money, too. Like, yeah. he pays a lot of money for these things. And and even just to see him and talk to him and, like, you know, sit with them and stuff. And there was, like, uh, on his show, I forget what his show's called, where he um, covers these cursed items and stuff, but there was one where Robert the Doll showed up. Yeah, him. the owner brought it. Some and, girl. Yeah, and the owner I think is, was from Idaho. Yeah. Yeah. And it's one girl and she's the only caretaker of Robert the Doll. Like nobody else has permission to hold him. That's what's creepy that too. Was like, what's how weird, does she yeah. get permission? How is she the only one? But she's the only one that can hold him, carry him, uh, move him around. And even she was like acting so odd when he's like, Can I hold him for a minute? Yeah, I remember that. She was and like she was kinda um, scared, you know. Let me let me see what I can do to get you to be held. That was super weird to me. I thought that was so amazing. then I think about like how it was transported, like on the airport and stuff, like just creepy stuff. But, uh, but like, why is everybody so worried about this thing? And I don't know, there's gotta be some truth to like the weird curse side of it. Like the problems that come from it now, could it just be a coincidence? Probably sometimes, you know, but at the same time. So that's yeah. you know, speaking of cursed objects. Sean, our cousin over here, we were hanging out in Schofield, Utah. We've talked about this in our old podcast. In yeah, the episode six and seven, I think. I think six, yeah, seven, six and seven, something like that. But yeah. it was like, look, Sean pulled a. What was it? Was it a spoon? It was a railroad tie. It was a railroad spike. spike. And yeah. by the way, this was
2: also featured on Belief Hole. It was. Guys also Belief Hole's a something.
1: great little podcast, too, by the way. But yeah, yeah, it
2: was a railroad spike from Winter Quarters.
1: And it's funny because, like, so here's the other thing I think about. Our our grandpa said, don't don't bring anything back from over there because it could be a problem or something. How, and how at first we worse? thought it was like a fake thing. Like he was just making fun of it. Like, don't bring anything back with you. Something could come back with you or whatever. But it was like, right. I think he was actually being honest. I, yeah. he was, even though he was smiling and he's got a handsome look, suave look, you know, and it's like, you never know if he's telling the truth or not because he's got this little smile and you just yeah. never know, you know. Especially like his his belief system. Like you wouldn't expect him to be like, believing in this stuff but again like that area is tied to trauma right the huge um explosion the mine mm -hmm. explosion that killed hundreds of people that were all the the husbands and fathers and stuff that worked in winter quarters that you know brought in a um you know brought in money for their families and stuff like that like that was how they made their money and everything and they all died so like all these women Mm -hmm. were widowed you know all these uh children were fatherless at this point and it's like, how are they going to make their money? Like at this point, can you imagine like what the women would do like back in those days? Back you know, then, especially because money? it was all men that were making the money back then. It wasn't so. That's like, like, like think of the trauma, like just a cloud of trauma, right? Mm-hmm. And so, like I wonder, like does trauma cause these things? Does our grandpa like saying that cause it? Like we 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 just don't know, right? Like what's what's cursing it? Is it? I think one thing, the other thing. I know, think it's all like health, enough. right? It's a lot like health. When we feel like we're depressed and sad and all this stuff. You can bring ailments on you, right? Yeah. That's like, that's what happens. It's not fully... I thought you had a curse understood. object that you thought I did, south. I did. And right. I'll you tell you, let the me the tell home? you about that. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. But, but yeah. think about this. Like when somebody says, oh, I'm depressed. I'm so depressed. My life is horrible. My life is... What happens to them? They start getting sick. They have nothing they but problems. They start feeling, having fevers all the time. They start having these shutdowns in their health. And it's like, I think there's something to that. There's the energy that's been here way longer than us humans have been for just our one lifespan has understood this so when there's a huge trauma they're going to show up they're going to use that to their advantage i promise you guys we're not spokespeople for the secret the the book or the movie i promise you guys that But will. this is very secret right, <laughs> right. It's very secret right. so yeah sean's right so what happened is i'm i've lived in this apartment for four years now the first year and a half i was here um again apologize for the car noises there's like always drag racers right here by the way they're always right by our street. It's yeah, so crazy. That,
2: that wasn't an EVP. No, it wasn't. <laughs> but if you hear something, let us know.
1: But yeah, so what happened is I was here. It was right after my trauma, right? I got out of a divorce. It was the first year or so that I was here by myself, living by myself. And I'm a twin. So like, yeah, you have this thing where you're like feeling very lonesome because you're so used to having somebody with you all the time. And I was with Jen and my ex-wife at the time and all of her family members. So there's always somebody at our house. So when I went from that to, like, having nobody here, it was dark, quiet, creepy all the time. And I had to just, like, start loving myself. I had to really start, like, having a relationship with myself. If anybody's experienced that, they'll know what I'm try- trying to, ex- you know, explain. But I had this Rudy Gobert bobblehead that was a, a jazz. I we mentioned Utah Gobert jazz. so many times on this podcast. <laughs> yeah. It's so funny. So Rudy Gobert, Utah Jazz, you know, center of the Stifle Tower, you know, their French retreats. Now he's at the Timberwolves and we're sort of sad. So, he, yeah. so I had this stuff, bobblehead, I had it on my windowsill. And all of a sudden, I started having these weird situations happen, and I got that from—I can't remember where I got it. Did you give it to me? I gave it to you. Yeah. So, so I'm, not not you. I'm not blaming you. I'm not blaming <laughs> you, but wherever it came from, I don't know, and I'm not sure if I even blame that as the the culprit, right? It could have just been my own darkness that was bringing something around. Supposedly, the psychic that I talked to said, because I said I need help. I, so here, here's what happened: I had trouble sleeping, I had noises under my bed, like shifting under my bed. And it sounded like somebody going under my bed all the time, all night. And I was like, I can't sleep. I I can't sleep because something's under my bed. But I I refuse to look at it because I've had so much ghostly experiences in the past that I didn't want to even look at it. So I just didn't do it. I don't want to see some freaked up thing that's going to ruin my life for the rest of my life. (laughs) And I can't sleep forever, you know, after that. So I just ignored it, tried to ignore it, couldn't sleep. Then I started sleeping on the couch out here in the front room and... My sleep life was pretty bad for like six, seven months. So I got this psychic to come around. She came to my house. She started looking around the house. She started praying through the house. And she was like, look, I already know what it is. There's this doll, this little bobblehead from, it's this Rudy Gobert bobblehead. And also you have these hats that are hanging up. It's Utah Jazz, my favorite jazz team, you know, Utah uh, NBA team, because we're from Utah. But she said, you need to throw away these hats and." Get it or, uh, believe it or not, those are my four favorite hats. You were they closely attached to those I ones? was most closely yeah. attached to those four hats. She said, um, I need to throw them away. No wonder. So yeah. I threw those four hats away, not even thinking about it, and I threw away the bobblehead. Did this psychic and know that you were She didn't know I liked those, those hats. Specific no, hat. no, interesting. no, that's what's weird. Yeah. Yeah. And she said, this: there's a demonic, a demonic entity, her name's Sarah, named her by name, that's attached to you because you're so attached to these specific objects... And it saw from your windowsill because it came from the fires from California. There were some big fires that happened a year before and it uprooted this demonic entity. And it came to the area where I'm at. In so Utah. you're saying that this oh is so, so specific. So it's so yeah. specific. Yeah.
2: Right. So it's like, so you're saying like this person that came and walked through your house, right. Felt and, the presence. And, and you know, just for my edification, I'm not a proponent of psych- psychics. I've, um, but that's not the story. The story is she's saying that somehow this spiritual entity uh, was attracted to this particular bobblehead
1: for whatever reason. For whatever reason, yeah, and decided to hang around. It was made in China. It was it. It was right through my window seal right here. Supposedly the psychic said it looked up in my window, saw the Rudy Gobert bobblehead, and just showed up in my house. Started living in my house with me. And it was this early. It was an early demonic entity. It wasn't like an older one that's been around a long time, so she didn't have the same tactics that the old ones do. She said, "This young one is very um, little, small tactics to scare you. You know but the old ones. Idea. The old ones do the health things where it makes you think you're crazy, makes you think you're slows you down. They don't. Right. They don't show themselves like the old, the young ones. The young ones they'll show themselves. They're more. Like they're more slimy. like the old ones are more. You know, yeah. Me. Yeah." If you guys uh, if And it was worried. scary guys growing yeah. up in this, it was scary. So keep that. going, but
2: I just want to shout out like this the the whole idea of like the younger and the and the more mature, like you know, demonic or whatever. Middle. Yeah. Uh if you ever get a chance, read the book Screw
1: Tape Letters. Oh yeah. I right. want to read that if, so if you, bad. If
2: you don't read it, that's fine. I have a great and there is a great one out there that's an audiobook dramatic where they have voice actors for the characters. Send it to so, me, please. It's really, really good. It's I about hear it ten the screw, hours. Screw tape but, letters is
1: about a demonic Dem- demons help. it's literally about demons that devil's allowing the demons to do his bidding right and yeah, they it's like
2: it's like this it's like the demonic realm from their perspective so it's yeah. completely it's almost like blasphemy in a way it, like it's been controversial but the idea here is so that you can understand what's going on in the spiritual realm and how they
1: manifest and how they attack they how they to, think about things exactly. right? I, only, I want to read that right yeah. here. so yeah. all yeah. of us should because yeah, it's yeah. really yeah. important and sure. I think there is a supernatural war going on right but sure. So what happened is, I was literally, I couldn't sleep in my own bedroom, you guys. I couldn't, I came home, and I was scared of that my that own you apartment. I would sleep on the, the couch. I would sleep like on the couch. couch. It was like a year and a half. I so. would sleep on the couch two or three times a week, and when I did sleep in the bedroom, was, I had to be super drunk, and I had to be just knocked out enough to not even think about it. Because right? right. I'm going to be sleeping under something that's making noise, not what it is, right? right? But she told me, she's like, her name's Sarah, this and that, and it scared me a lot more because there's so much to it. And there was so much truth to it. She's like it separated her from the fires when she was in California, so she came that, over here. That's the thing for me. Like it's just so specific, and like I I know the psychic you're talking about. And just mm-hmm. uh, to me, just I'm not, gonna, sense, I'm not gonna I'm not right? gonna throw a lot out there because I don't want to like give anything away as far as who who it was, but. It just doesn't make sense to me. Like just the specific stuff stuff just seems off to me. So in in a good way, like in a, like led uh, credibility. So they cleansed the house for me because I said, I really need help. I can't sleep. I'm like literally depressed. I can't even handle it. And I was a Christian. I was a believer at the time. I'm trying to pray through my house all the time, but I think I got so weakened that I couldn't think about it in the right perspective to where I couldn't have that power that God wanted me to have. Right. Because a lot of it is like you just believing in it, right? Believe in something. You know, Jesus was in his hometown and nobody believed in him. So no magic, no no miracles happened. We right? right. also
2: a- had the apostles too. There was apostles who didn't have, um, they were weakened in their faith or maybe they weren't outright Full on believers, exactly. Were kind of just going with the flow, and and they got pretty messed up. By that's what happened to me because they were like, "I know the Apostle Paul, but you, I don't know." And they you got not exactly. But that's the
1: thing with your story that's like, um, to me makes a lot of sense because like this Rudy Gobert thing like is an idol to us in a way. Like it was kind because of an we're, idol. we're we're, we're fans of we're fans guy. of the basketball team, and we actually loved Gobert. We're, like we thought he was the best player on the team. You know, that's and weird so, to like, think about, but that's so true. The fact that it's like it, that's what it took over makes a lot of sense to me. The the when you walk into my house, my apartment it's a small one bedroom the first thing you see is utah jazz hats i literally had 20 of them you remember that yeah now i'm more cowboy i have cowboy hats and buffalo and stuff like that and i don't worship that stuff Yeah. But it was literally utah jazz hats all across this place and but that's that what i was too because like if those are your favorite ones like think about if you're in the, uh, a demon's shoes right you're gonna be like i'm gonna possess the things he's gonna touch the, the ones i wear the most so, like the ones you're gonna wear yep. the things you're gonna look at you know that's creepy So it was really creepy and the psychic had a daughter and her daughter brought over this little candle and she said, light this candle when you're scared. And she said, I know who this, this is the weirdest thing. The daughter said, I know who this demon is. She's a trickster and I know who she is and I know what she tries to do. So light this candle and just have real good intent. And literally I lit this candle three three or four times and then this entity was gone. It was the weirdest thing. And I was still praying. I still had like my own beliefs and all that. But something about that candle being over by my oven—it was the whole front room of this apartment. It just changed the whole aspect of my life. But look how much—look how much that adds to like what we're talking about, right? We're talking about curses, cursed objects. Like just the fact that like you lit a candle a couple times and it like went it's away. Gone. I mean, I'm sure like part of it was your your faith too, like your prayers and stuff. Like that's a huge part of it. But like just that makes me wonder about like cursed uh, objects in general. Like just how easy it is to like they just say like a small ceremony, like this is a cursed thing. Now like I'm going to send it to somebody and they're going to be screwed up. Right? Yeah. It's just weird. You know, I, I just don't get why it was the one thing it was. Right. And the things I threw away were the things I cared about a lot. And so I, I actually liked that though, in a way, because when we it threw those things away, it freed me. It yeah. was like, okay, even though I care about these things so much, I'm like, this is starting fresh. I'm starting a new. And it kind of helped me get over the things I was going through with the divorce situation and everything else. It kind of fixed a lot of that, and it became, this is my apartment now. Yeah. And I think that's where everything changed. And ever Mm -hmm. since, I've been able to sleep in this place, no problem. This is my home. That's Like, this is our home. Like, you guys know. Yeah. My cousin and my brother, when they come over here, this is the place we hang out. Like, they have families and stuff. I don't have a family, but when we come over here, this is like the home away from home, and everybody knows it. Right. And it's been awesome, you know? And I love this apartment since. It's not scared me but it's just weird that that happened when it happened. I do think there's something, there's some truth to it for sure. That's so cool. And I I hope that like anybody out there who's listening, if you, if you hear this and you're relating, or you know, somebody who has a similar situation going on, like, uh, you know, we're not experts and we're not, we can't fix it for you and stuff, but like, you know, tell us your story and and we'll try to, I mean, we'll do what we can to try to help you and stuff. But like, I would definitely say go to your, Whatever you believe in, right? Go to like your religious, uh, you know, leaders and stuff and see what what they can try to do to help you. Like there's always people, especially like family, loved ones, you know. And I say go to any people that you can think of that you have in your life to try to help you with this stuff. Instead of just keeping it in. Yeah, because I will say like when when I was going through it, I didn't talk about it. So like my mom, my brother, the two people, three people I'm closest to, four people, my brother, twin brother, my mom. My grandma and my cousin, Sean, those are the four people I'm closest to. I didn't tell any anybody what I was going through. And the reason I didn't is because I was going through it and it sounded so outlandish. Like, why is there something under my bed? And I should have trusted my cousin and my brother because they went through these things, too. They've had ghostly experiences after, you know, when they try to sleep at McClellan house where my cousin grew up. There was some creepy stuff going on over there. I should have trusted them. But that's what the the evil side does is they try to um, isolate you, Separate right? You from yeah. so I was isolated, and that's what happens. I shouldn't have thought that, but that's I, I was susceptible to it. So we're just trying to say, like, if you have those situations, yeah, just open it up, just be willing to share it, because there's a light, there's totally a light at the end of the tunnel, yeah. and that's what happened to me. I'm comfortable here now, and I'm still in the same place four years later, and I love it.
2: Okay, so last year, guys, um, is going to be an interesting one, because my dad, and for some reason, even me, has a fascination with, like, aviation. I'm not entirely entirely sure why. I know that there's, like, groups of people that the idea of flying, which is unnatural to humans, right, um, is just interesting, you know, but but I've always, like, been attracted to, like, you know, airlines and crashed airplanes and trying to understand you know, the schematics of what happened. And it's very interesting. Every airline crash has a story behind it. And we're talking about curses and cursed objects, cursed families. How about cursed numbers? You guys know of any cursed numbers that are often thrown around in our society today? It's
1: just the classics, right? Like the 6s, the 27s, the nine, the, 13. the 13s. There's, there's no 33s. Uh, like almost every building you go to has no level 13. No 13. You know what I mean? Right. Going an elevator, Dodge is thirteen. It's eleven to thirteen, or yeah. twelve to th- twelve to fourteen, rather. Right.
2: Interesting, and, huh?
1: Because there, there's like, and that's like, like a mainstream. There's, thing. there's
2: one thing to have a cursed object, a right. tangible thing, mm-hmm. but numbers aren't tangible. No. Interesting. There's something in the universe and in, in this scope of things in which we live that's number associated, right? Yeah. So this one, um, many of you probably know about. This one and it's uh, the curse of Flight 191. There have been a lot of aviation crashes uh, with different, mind you, airline
1: organizations using this flight number. So hold on a second though. Like I thought that once a flight, let's say a flight crashes, right? Like there's a crash. Does that? I thought that number retired across the board.
2: Not across the
1: board apparently, um, not... and it. They may have changed the
2: rules now. I'm not. I'm not sure if there's any pilots or air traffic. Uh, air traffic controllers listening then let us know but um, according to the history of flight numbers no they they are not across the board Um, they can be um, airline specific the flight of 191 i'm going to read this article a little bit it's from uh author named cassandra o'hara and the article goes for centuries people have shared a fascination for numbers and their symbolic meaning and i would even add to that cassandra that Um, the spiritual or demonic realm would have a fascination with numbers as well. So the article continues, for example, the number 13 is considered unlucky on the 13th floor. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to skim a little bit, but the number 191 historically was never associated with anything particular. And that all changed the beginning of 1963 when a series of disastrous events over the next several decades casted a dark shadow over the number. Is this a curse or is it a coincidence? So interesting enough, you know, there's there's a lot of different airlines out there. I, I think I recount at least five off the top of my head and, and as I look at the article here there's Aero Flight one ninety one. So all of these the similarity here is the flight number, uh, one ninety one, which is an interesting series of three numbers because there was also a
1: disastrous event. Oh with yeah, dinner. no, you just got as you as you were oh, about flight to one ninety one. Now, as you were about to say that, I started rearranging the numbers. Let's jangle the numbers. I thought, I thought 9-11 for a second. Yeah, and that also was aviation related as well. So, so 191, one then 9 Yeah. The other thing, too, that's so weird about that, because we're talking about curses, right? We're talking about thought forms. We're talking about, you know, the idea of trauma causing things, right? And, like, 9-11 was a totally traumatic event. One of the most of all time. Changed the course of the whole world, pretty and much. And just, just demons, evil things, whatever, Wanted they love thriving in trauma, right? So, like... Using those numbers, I know this stuff comes way prior to the 9/11, but I'm just saying, like 9/11 makes sense too because of, like we call 911 in a series of trauma, like when we're in like so a shooter is coming into our house, we call 911. When we're in a situation, and that's right, weird to think about. Isn't that weird? I too? never thought about that. Like, why would it happen on the one time where it's like it's opposite of what should be? It's opposite. When you when you call 911, there's help, but when 911 happened, 9/11, it was the worst thing it's that a ever mockery. happened to us. It's a mockery. It's a mockery. Right? Yeah. The one nine one, same thing. It's like a mockery Jeez. of and that's why they it up, too, you know. That's weird. You guys blew my mind with that. And I yeah, go, go ahead and Sean. I'm sorry I didn't read that.
2: No, it's good. It's um interesting,
1: but I don't
2: have all of the uh, time to be able to go into it, but um, if any of you listeners are looking for something to look up tonight, um, flight one ninety one if you haven't heard about it, it's very interesting. Um, I'm gonna go through some of the some of just the traumatic things that have taken place. Again, different airliners have used this number right so they're not in um correlation they're not they're actually not even close to each other in in timeline but it begins in 1963 aero flight 191 crashed on final approach to ash international airport killing 12 people four years later x-15 flight 191 was an experimental plane that broke apart in flight killing its test pilot Jeez. several years later in 1972 Prinair Flight 191 crashed at Mercedilla Airport in Ponce, Puerto Rico, and I probably butchered that name, so I apologize to those Puerto Ricans, killing five people. American Airlines Flight 191 in 1979 crashed shortly after takeoff from what airport? Chicago O'Hare.
1: O'Hare. Wow. No airport way.
2: Killing 273 people. No way, you gotta people. be kidding me. Delta Airlines Flight 191, 1985, crashed while on final approach to Dallas-Fort Worth, killing 137 people. Jeez. Several several years ago by now, now we're in 2006, and this is just the ones that are documented, the big ones. There are probably many few uh, smaller airlines that probably have not made this list. Comair Flight 191, 2006, crashed. Comair? Comair, C-O-M, Comair, C-O-M, oh, okay. Com not Conair. <laughs> right, right, right. right. <laughs> Comair Flight 191 crashed <laughs> on takeoff from the wrong runway, sorry, excuse me, at Lexington, Kentucky, killing 49 people. In all air traffic controller communications, the call sign was Comair 191. And in 2012, so now we're getting closer, JetBlue Flight 191, a flight from New York, John F. Kennedy Airport to Las Vegas, Nevada, diverted oh, Kennedy. to... Kennedy, there we go again, too. ...diverted to Amarillo, Texas due to erratic pilot behavior. Um, it doesn't say this one crashed. Obviously, what we're, what we're talking about is there's something going on when airlines use this flight number
1: that leads to a some kind of catastrophic or at least some kind of an emergency. Jeez, all, all I know is like that's, I mean, that's a lot of examples and a lot of numbers. Um, I want to go through and like look at all the different numbers you just quoted, right? Not just the year. I want to look at the years. Of all these disasters these incidences that have happened um the number of people the flight numbers of, was just 191. um i want to look at all that stuff and like see what i can come up with number wise like there might be something to it I'm trying to see if there's like a bigger picture
2: you know i've flown several times for work and aviation air traffic is so advanced now it's it's mm-hmm. almost incredible that there's actually a crash uh, maybe not so much the smaller cessnas and things but for the major airlines it's yeah. pretty rare nonetheless we're, when we talk about curses it's uh, this isn't even a tangible thing you know mm-hmm. and i'll give you an example um flight 401 was one was a flight in which there's a, you know there's stories going around where there's been ghosts of this crashed airline uh flight 401 i don't remember the airline but they use basically this it's the same same kind of thing with james dean's race car yeah uh, where they they took pieces of it because you know they you know pieces that from a wreckage like there might be some pieces that are salvageable
1: that could be used for repair i actually just did it on my Sentra. the cost of those pieces is so pricey it's so expensive. that like it's easier to like try to reuse things if they actually still run if they still work like yeah so you they need to that cost effective wise like just reuse it because if it's still in working order you know it doesn't make sense to like spend for that piece that one piece is probably like Fifty right. thousand dollars. Yeah, if yeah they, right. you
2: know, if they check out, right. you know, it's it's no different than if you buy from a salvage yard. You know, yeah. Um, in the sense that you know, you're not going to be buying a piece that was hurt by the wreckage. You know, they're not going to be trying to sell you a piece that that's broken. But the the idea here is that they're salvaging from a traumatic crash these smaller pieces. I don't know what pieces they were, but they they obviously were small enough to that were fine. They weren't impacted by the crash. And they started installing them on some of these other aircraft. And when they started doing that, the legends go that there was a lot of uh, paranormal activity on these planes. Uh, same idea with James Dean's race car. When they started salvaging out parts of his car onto other cars, there were traumatic events, crashes. You shouldn't yeah, use it's like it. something taints it, you know. Yeah, it's and kind it's of like, weird. it's a weird thing. Uh, that's why we're talking about it on the show, and that's why I thought it was a good subject because yeah, there's so many uh, weird anomalies with curses and. You know, when I bought this part for my car recently that uh, went out, um, I saw photographs of the Sentra that it was being parted from, right, online. You know, the first thought that came into my mind being, you know, hist- historical with the supernatural is like, my, my number one thing is, did anybody die in this car? You know, and, and, and I know that sounds kind of paranoia, but with my mind, knowing about how these weird things work in this, you know, world that we live in, that we don't fully understand uh, of everything is I don't want to buy a piece from a car if somebody's died in it. That was the first thing I did before I even bought the part is myself. I prayed about it. I'm like, I don't want this to come back on me because there's been, you know, there's been some bad things that have taken place. I've taken things and
1: and I've regretted it. Well, I promise you now, like after this episode, just I'm going to be way more cautious at this point of picking things up that are used and like thinking about where they came from. You know, like I've thought about that uh, just on a personal note when I, get stuff from like savers or like one thing i bought from an estate sale and it was a little thing that connects to my blazer i attach it to my sport coat for work and it has an initial on it i'm like this is somebody's right previous thing or signet yeah and i'm sitting there wearing somebody's l symbol and i'm not even that it's not even me yeah but i think that's cool like and there's nothing that's bad that's happened from that but i do think yeah be cautious just be cautious you know because you never know Um, where it comes from and what's attached to it I would say always be careful about the cost of things, too. Like, if it's very discounted, you know. We always say that. Like, if something looks like, oh, this thing is valuable, but the discount makes no sense. Like, this is a very very discounted low ball as far as price goes. Like, there's a reason for that. Every horror movie starts with that, right? It might be a discounted house. They buy it. They have hauntings. What I'm going to take away from this episode, and I don't know what you guys will, but I'm going to take that away from it, though. Like, I'm going to be way more cautious about... The used things that I buy just take in into my into my home, my life. You know, in
2: mm-hmm. this this show, I mean, it's one thing to you know, like not everybody who dies in a house has a, has a haunting. I mean, obviously people drop dead all the time. Oh right? yeah, we
1: totally. can't
2: we can't assume that things are, that are used are cursed. What the whole point of the show is to get us to kind of break out of autopilot mode that life kind of throws at us and start thinking about the why's. So let, let's think a little deeper than. Maybe what we're told, and what about a specific object makes it cursed over another? You know, even the same with relative with hauntings. What is the source, the intellectual source? Like, for example, how would we catch an EVP that says happy birthday if it was a dead guy that we've never met? The whole point of the show, you guys, is let's think about our thoughts we're unique in that as being human beings we 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 have the capability of thinking about our thoughts and and i think that it would be really tragedy that we just kind of go from from the cradle to the grave sort of speak on autopilot the entire time
1: well yeah and like i mean that's that's what i hope this show is is like it's a learning experience for us and for you and uh that's what we do we just we try to throw topics out there and we try to thought provoke and we definitely don't have the answers, I promise you, about almost any of these topics, but we yeah. just cover them because they're interesting to us, and that that's what I hope this show is. It has nothing to do with, like, telling 100% the truth, because we really don't know the truth. It has nothing to do with telling the story to its fullest or covering every aspect of the story. It just has something to do with, like, we're just going to tell you the story and thought provoke you on what it could be, and that's about it, you know? That's what our show is. Yep. And to
2: add to that, too, is that this is a prime example of what thought sharing is. If, if you notice, you know, we're cousins, but we all don't agree on absolutely everything, right? But we, we're able to sit down and have civil conversations, share ideas, things like that, right? Whereas in today's society, a lot of people are just too, too, too fearful to be able to, like, have a civil conversation about some of these things. And, and instead, they give up. They get emotional about it. They probably... Uh, label you in some way but this show we don't do that Uh, each one of us here you know we we bring a different perspective to the table so that we can all get a more clearer picture
1: Yep. yeah we're all trying to understand that this whole realm is so weird yeah we still don't have a grasp on it but we appreciate you guys being a part of it riding with us because there's so much to it and we'll never probably never have the answers i'm 34 maybe by the time i'm 85 i still won't have the answers but I appreciate you guys just like having a thought provoking conversation with us. You know, uh, we're going to learn as, as you guys do, as you listen, it's the same thing. And that's, that's the funnest part about doing this whole show for me, you know, but we thank you guys for being here. It was a great episode, I think, and, and we hope you enjoyed it. Um, if you have stories about cursed objects, uh, cursed family situations, like definitely share with us, um, the new episode of, of the Sinner on uh, Netflix, was kind uh, of awesome. It was kind of cool because I haven't watched the whole thing. So yeah, I so finished much. the whole thing, but like I'm on it was episode kind four, of cool so. because there was kind of like this sort of tie in of like the family curse thing going on a little bit. And so that kind of ties into. So if you want to watch a cool show, The Center is a great show. But thank you guys for being with us and join us next time. We're going to have some more fun topics to cover. We'll have our cousin Sean on again for sure. He's, a, he's always a fun addition for us. And he's not always here all the time, but when he's here, it's like one of the best times for us. So we hope you enjoy. His contribution and um tune in next time yeah thank you guys for having me and uh it's our I, pleasure you
2: know, and uh you know if, if I, I really hope that the show it, it has been taking off i have been following it and uh it, it really is all down to the the subscribers and listeners you know you you guys are the ones who inspire and encourage us to be able to keep the show going Absolutely. And so we definitely don't want to uh, belittle that fact at all so um, for those of you that are listening if, if you can you know what would help the show even more than just following it is just sending us some comments you know
1: yeah get involved uh, send us your stories yeah and, like that and just you know social media is pretty powerful um, share the show like one share. It doesn't take that much time for you to do it, but one share if you like us, you know, if I don't want you to share us if you don't think it's worth it, but you know, it, it makes a difference for sure. Like the things, the podcasts I've been turned on to sometimes just comes from word of mouth. Like someone telling me about a podcast, you know, and then I tune in and I'm like, this is some awesome stuff, you know, like that's yes. huge. And know and so, you guys won't understand every single episode. You won't agree or be vibing with every episode, but. Hey, we're like family, you guys. You guys listen to us? We're family. Like I listen to certain podcasts, and I feel like those people are like my family members now because I've yeah. been listening to them literally every day at lunch. And so we just appreciate you guys riding with us. Thank you very much. Share it. We appreciate you guys as much as you guys appreciate listening to this. So we're trying to start this um, new routine of hitting up some ghost towns, some older yeah. towns, um, old mining towns. They may they may not be on the show, uh, although right. the last one, the last one we went to. My grandpa grew up into it. He grew up that in that area, but now it's like this big. It's not even a mining town anymore. It's more of just like a resort town or something. But it's more of a. I would say it's more of a pass through town. Yeah. But we went through there, and we found this really cool store, and I bought this really cool bell buckle. It's like literally a rattlesnake head in a bell don't, buckle. don't talk about it. No? So far, so good. No curse yeah, No, tricks. it's not. Okay. It's awesome. I love this belt buckle, you guys. It's a little baby rattlesnake head in the belt buckle, and it's Doesn't legit. Doesn't it have snakeskin in the back, too? And snakeskin yes, in look the look background. Like wow. It's the coolest belt buckle ever, though. You'll never find this in, like, the society, right? So this is the reason we like to go to these places, to find weird stories to find weird situations weird cultures weird stores like tune in next time we got some great future stories and we really appreciate you guys so thank you so much